goal! Yes, 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 yes! That was a goal! Striker! Eat that! And another! Bing Bang sticking in! Thank you and good night! What? That was liquid football! Uh, Shit! Did you see that? It's Royal Friends of Monday Madness. <laughs> and welcome to our Liquid Football Podcast. Woohoo! So hopefully you've uh, tuned into our rundown last week. Uh, last week you hear me yesterday. Jesus, <laughs> the editing's not going to be that bad. Um, and uh, as you can tell, it's just myself and Rachel uh, this time around. Neil, Neil has now been eaten by wolves. Yes, he's uh, currently looking for Carmen San Diego around the world. He still hasn't found them, so uh, it could be a while. Uh, because only the two of us we are going to rattle through the show fairly quickly unfortunately it's not going to be a deluxe two hour show like normal I'm afraid <laughs> but uh, we'll do our best to try and entertain you might you. actually stay awake for the entirety of this one well you haven't have to or else I'm talking to myself for an hour so please yeah. not yeah that'd be, that'd be great that'd be super um, we are going to start off the show as normal though with a round of Transfer Guff Transfer Guff I should win this this considering the only person here yeah i'd be disappointed in you if you don't oh there's a lot of pressure now i know it's terrible um i was hoping like i was hoping to have like neil just here like, remotely just to like <laughs> give a, a a shot of the dark guest but I, i'll leave him be he's uh again too busy in a romanian forest hunting dogs um so let's have a transfer goal if you're not familiar with the show uh if you're not familiar with this section I have two genuine um, articles that were published by reputable sources. Air quotes. Air quotes um, sold there. And the idea is I have taken these two stories and I've mixed one in with my FIFA save file. And it's up to my colleagues, if he was here, um, to decide which one was actually taken from the FIFA save file and which two are real stories. Yeah, okay. And I'm still going to be terrible because I have a terrible record at this. I'm uh, like the Unai Emery of this game. Yes. We're going to call you that for now. Oh, I'm going to call you Rachel. Rachel. Why did I give you that idea? Rachel Emery. Um, so, our top story today, which is kind of awkward considering Rachel's already mentioned this in the last show. Moisey Ken has been advised to leave Everton by his father, Jean, who says he's not feeling good at Everton. And he hopes that he moves back to Italy and signs for Roma to pair up with his best friend Nicolo Zanolio. That was apparently reported by Goal.com. Now, uh, you might think that's fake. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even though I've, I've said it myself. <laughs> Did you quote me on this? <laughs> unless you're, unless you're um, working for Goal.com, I don't think you are. Maybe I am. They're stealing all my tweets. Yeah, maybe. maybe. That, to be fair, I think most of these websites are doing that. They're yeah. just going like, oh, that's good. Use that. Uh our second story of the day it comes from The Guardian okay. and they're reporting that Steve Bruce is hoping to secure Granit Xhaka on a loan deal uh, in January <laughs> okay. citing that his compatriot Fabian Scherr would be yeah. hoping would be recommending him for a move to the club to get him out of the, the heat at Arsenal so Granit Xhaka Ooh. to Newcastle on a loan deal Okay. The, my last story then comes from the London Evening Standards okay. and they're reporting that Jose Mourinho now the Spurs manager Spurinio indeed has set out his transfer targets for next season 
because he's accepted they're not going to be doing any business in January, so they're locking down and saying who he wants for the summer. And apparently his top target is Ben Chilwell, um, Leicester's left-back, who right. we're actually currently watching. Um, he believes he's a complete replacement for Danny Rose, who will be sold for pittance in the summer. Uh, and apparently Leicester will be happy to listen to offers of £30 million plus for Chilwell. So, those three stories again. Moisey Ken back to Italy for AS Roma. Okay. Grant Jacka to Newcastle on a loan deal. Or Leicester's Ben Chilwell to Spurs on a cash money deal. Okay, so the Ben Chilwell to Spurs would make sense in my head. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think that that's the save file. Right. So you're, th- you're kind of using your own logic against it. The one that makes sense to you is the one that's yeah. fake. Yeah, because I go with my gut all the time. I get this wrong. So now I'm just going to go with this one. You're going to go with... Against like, my gut. You're going to go against your gut. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm happy to say that the first real story is indeed Moisey Ken yep. and his dad. We yep. knew that already, considering you fucking spoiled it in the first show. Spoiler alert! The second real story is from The Guardian. And they believe that Grand Jacka is going to Newcastle on loan, which means my fake story... Is Ben Chilwell yes! to Spurs? Fuck you, Neil. <laughs> if he was here, if he, he was here, if he'd he be, was here, he would be wrong, and I'd be right. <laughs> There's no way he would have got that right. No, definitely not. He would have just he would have seen red with Jack and said, "No, it's bollocks." Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, no, cabbage, cabbage. Yeah, vegetable. Spoonful. Spoonful. Yeah. Yeah, that's Whatever. a new. That's, that's a new vegetable, yeah, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's it. <laughs> this is what happens when Neil's not here. Rachel wins transfer golf. That's how unnatural this podcast yeah. is. This, we should, let's we, keep this going. Yeah, it's let's not, just get rid of Neil. <laughs> let's just replace him with a non-unionized uh, Mexican equivalent. <laughs> El Nilo, as he's called. So, uh, moving on then to our Europe vision. Again, if you're not familiar with this uh, show, <laughs> Rachel certainly isn't because she's asleep for most of it. Yeah. Um, this is basically a roundup of all the football that's been happening in the Champions League, Europa League and elsewhere yeah. this week. Okay. Um, but we were not through it because I only watched one match from this weekend. Oh, okay. Uh, Rachel, I presume you haven't watched... Actually, no. As is normal, you remember what you heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can chime in then with what you yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so usually I am asleep um, quite early in the evenings mm. in the week days and I don't get to see European football or if I do manage to stay awake to watch it I do not remember because I fall asleep during yeah you kind of get like uh, acid dreams based off the football you've heard of it like, and it, the commentary just leaks into my brain yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's some sort of like Peter Drury based uh, illness you have like just like just with sound bites being like clicked <laughs> into your head and he's done a wonderful goal it's like leave me alone I'm trying to sleep <laughs> and the TV's not worse you know, Shakhtar Donetsk are playing at the minute. Don't even know where Shakhtar is. Or Donetsk. <laughs> which bit is the town? City? Is it a country itself? No one tell her the answer to that. Just, just let her, let's let her go with this one. Um, let's start off then with the Tuesday kickoffs, which was starting off with Group A. A one-all draw for uh, between Galatasaray and Club Bruges. 
Okay. So a bit of banter to this one. Um, oh. uh, Galatasaray was leading for the most of the game until uh, Club Bruges equalised uh, thanks to uh, Diata. Oh, hello. Villas was scoring against the United. Jack Grealish Ooh. has just scored. Jack Grealish. I don't believe it. Uh, can't believe it. Yeah. Don't want any of your stupid tea. Um, so Diata scored for equalised with Club Bruges at the death. And then he celebrated in the crowd. Um, <laughs> and then another player from Club Bruges, who I, I can't see the name here, he got sent off as well for taking the shirt off. They were both booked. Um, so they both got sent off on the 93rd minute. Fantastic. That was amazing. Club Bruges ended the game with nine men. Uh, the last kick of the game. They still got a game to go in the Champions League, but they're so not going to... those players are going to be suspended, surely. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> Which is kind of funny because... They're in the third place spot in the group. They oh, can still so they get, actually need to They win. need the yeah. players. Yeah, it's great. Although they have the small issue of dealing with Real Madrid, so I don't know if that's going to work out. Oh, you yeah. Know. That's not going to work luck. out well. No, it is not. Um, of course, Galatasaray has to play PSG, so eh, who knows? Although Real Madrid have uh, been playing better, I think. Ish. Uh, now that they know Sparino isn't just like yeah. hanging over them saying, take me back. Please, please. Back. Yeah, the like, presence is there, like, you know, like the kind of Wolverine meme where he has, he's there sitting on the bed with a framed picture of yeah. Mourinho's, like, I love you, come back. <laughs> and, you know, even though Zidane is there, you know, I don't know. There's no, Real Madrid's a weird club. It's it's, it's hard to put logic like on them. It's a vortex of logic. Yeah, like, they're, they're, they're a Spanish hard-chest United lads, let's just face it, you know. Um, so, speaking of Real Madrid, they are in this group, and they drew two all with PSG. Although for the most part, Real Madrid should have won this game. Um, Benzema scored a double, won the first half, or won later on the second half. We're close to 2-0, no problems. Mbappe and Pablo Sarabia scored within two minutes of each other. And the reason that's important is that uh, that means both teams have qualified now for the ah, last 16. So this definitely isn't both teams taking the foot off the break once they got. No, because this was important for Real Madrid because if they had won, they would still have a chance to be first seeds. So PSG oh, okay. are now will finish top of the group regardless, so they can play you know, like French tractor boys in the in the game <laughs> against Galatasaray. While Real Madrid, they can kind of do the same, but they're guaranteed to be second seeds. So a little bit of gamesmanship then, perhaps in the last sixteen to avoid Real Madrid yeah, potentially. Maybe. Although I don't think there's much to avoid these days. Um, group B then was a uh, rather um, comprehensive wins all round really. Uh, Bayern Munich beat Red Star Belgrade six nil in Belgrade. Lewandowski scoring four goals because well, that's yeah, what he does. Yeah, because he didn't score at the weekend. Isn't that the case? He yeah, he, score his he, scoring record is gone. He's, he's, like, he's like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm taking it out. four into the net and like, still not happy. I wouldn't mind, but this is Hashtag like... Hashtag Vivian Miedema meme of her looking... <coughs> arms folded, cranky... Sour as fuck. Cranky teenager. Yeah. Being told to clean her room. Um, although, to be fair, Lewandowski was a cranky teenager here because he scored four goals in 14 minutes. First one was a penalty, then a hat-trick by itself within seven minutes, which is insane. That has to be some sort of record. It isn't. Uh, the, his re- the, um, the record of that, I think, is 11 minutes, and that's what he did against Dortmund for Munich a couple of years ago. Right, okay. And that was the source of the Pep Guardiola um, fucking, like, on the bridge meme. Oh, yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, just like, I scream. can't... Yeah, yeah, the scream, yeah. Like, he's, I think Lewandowski scored five goals in that situation. Like, that's how insane. He was just, he's just an angry striker. Like, yeah, goal, like, goal, all goal. All you need to do is just wind him up. With yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I think Dortmund were, like, winning 2-0 or something like that. And we're just like, we're not de- losing to these jobbers. Just, no, it's not happening. And then five goals wins the game. Yeah. I think it was, like, a semi-final of a cup as well. So, yeah, pretty serious deal. 
Um, Gertzka and Tolisso got the other goals in that one. And the other game in that group then was a 4-2 win for Spurs against Olympiacos. But that doesn't tell the whole story, Rachel, does it? Because Olympiacos were leading 2-0 for the most part in this game. Yeah, I was... Yeah, okay, so I wasn't able to pay attention to this. Because mm-hmm. the... You had messaged to say that they'd got they'd gone down 2-0. And I was like, ah, this is fantastic. Ha ha, go on my sleeps. And then... When you woke up. When I woke up, it was like, oh, fuck, this wasn't even fun anymore. So it's, a, it's another one of those, like, what was real and what was fake in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> one of those did ones. Did they even go 2-0 down? Well, according to Sky Sports app, they certainly did. Um, I think the, the main turning point was Ali scoring um, just before half time. So they they were, like, pretty bad in the like, first 15, 20 minutes. And then they were able to go, bam, overdrive, start yeah. scoring goals. Harry Kane scoring two, Sergio Aurier so somehow it's, scoring. Again, it's Olympiacos. They like Mourinho's had a nice ease into his tenure as yeah, uh, yeah. coach. So he had West Ham, and then Olympiacos, and then Bournemouth, and then Bournemouth. Yeah. So like it's not, not yeah. the toughest. But not same token, fire. Exactly, but even when you look at it that way, those three games who are objectively straightforward games to play, still conceded six goals. Yeah. Two a game, like that's that's pretty bad. And considering they still have to play Munich. At home, at, at the Allianz Arena. Oh, Serge Gnabry. You Please love to see it. <laughs> you love to see it. Again, not quite significant in this group because it was already um, game set match in that sense. Munich will be top seeds in this group. Um, Spurs have qualified officially um, because they beat Olympiacos, so they are now going to be uh, second seeds in the round of 16. Um, but still, to play for, if you like, for the Europa League playoff. Um, group C then. This is a kind of an interesting group, actually. It's a, it's hotting up a little bit. Uh, not for Man City. They've qualified already. But Atalanta put themselves back in contention because they beat Dinamo Zagreb 2-0. Okay. Um, while Shakhtar drew with Man City, which also makes it quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not for Man City. They're pretty much out of it. Yeah. Man City were not good in this game, though. They were not, not good at all. They were quite poor. Um, just playing around the ball a good bit. Uh, I think this is the match that Aguero pulled up, I think. I think he had his uh, hamstring injury. Or was it the uh, Chelsea game? I can't recall. I, I don't know. I can't remember. Um, I'm sure you can look it up yourself on the internet. Um, either way, uh, it was a one-all draw. And the reason that's important is because City obviously qualified. But either one of the other three can still qualify for the round of 16. Shakhtar is on six. Dinamo Zagreb is on five. And Atalanta is on four. And I believe Shakhtar and Atalanta are playing them each other in the last game. And I think it's Zagreb and City after okay. that. So Zagreb... You know, we'll have the small issue of beating the English champions to qualify for the Champions yeah, League. Yeah, but English, shitty mm. city. Yes, indeed. Uh, Atlanta could still be Shakhtar. Either one of them could be bottom of the group. It's hard to tell. Next up then was Group D, which was a 2-0 win for Leverkusen over Lokomotiv Moscow. And Juventus beat Atletico Madrid 1-0. And that's not good news for Atletico Madrid because Leverkusen are one point behind them going to oh, the next... Shit. Yes! Atletico Madrid could drop out of the Europa League. Bit of a big deal. That is a big deal. Yeah, serious big deal. Um, this the two... The, like, they had drawn with uh, Juventus, which was obviously a good result. But the loss against Leverkusen has really fucked them up. You know? like it was a, And it was a fairly comprehensive win for Leverkusen too. So, it is entirely possible that Simeone's Atletico Madrid drops down into Europa League. It is entirely possible. Wouldn't you love to see it? Indeed. Well, they'd have to lose to Lokomotiv Moscow, who are also have a good chance of uh, getting into the Europa League. So, in a way, it's still to play for in that group. But it's all a bit like, 
it's not even down to goal difference at that stage, it's down to like competitive as well. So yeah. it's that that group can go anywhere really. Um that was all the Tuesday games. The Wednesday games then was Group B, uh Salzburg thrashing gang four one. Four different goal scorers for Salzburg. Um all these players you've never heard of yeah. before. Except for the unit who got his mandatory goal at the end. It was actually kind of concerning for a while because Salzburg were going like, oh, we're coasting this. We're playing. All these other players are scoring. Where is the unit? And when the unit is not on screen, people should be asking, where, where is the unit? unit? You know. So he scored with like three minutes to go just to get his goal in. You know, you want to keep it going. Up, yeah. You know? um, which is obviously good news for Salzburg because they put themselves in contention. Uh, Liverpool drew one all with Napoli. Um, again, another game we kind of got away with it. Um, Mertens got the goal very early on and we just found it really really hard to break Napoli down and also then you had your injury yes this was the this was the the unfortunate thing about this uh, about this game was Fabinho getting injured and it was really early on in the game too so it was goal, it was all going pitong for the first half an hour because Fabinho went off injured Mertens had scored and Van Dijk went down as well so Liverpool fans are going like, yep, this is our season done. We're going to lose everything now. Yep. This is it. We're fucked, 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 fucked. <laughs> and Van Dijk was grand. He just got a, like a jarred knee, whatever it was. It was the dead leg, some shit like that. Um, and ultimately we did kind of get back into it. Lovren scored a header first, equaliser. Um, which uh, kind of shows actually he has had a very good season so far, Lovren, you know. Um, the main problem with, our, with us in this game was that Gomez was um, partnered Van Dijk and he had a really bad game. Just not at it at all. Like, completed not the races. Oh, hello there. That's Everton scoring a goal. Oh, wow. Yeah, Richarlison. How about that? That is a shocker. That is a complete shocker. Well, both our predictions gone out the window. I know, right? It's crazy. From yesterday. Well, it's still early. <laughs> yes, yesterday. Um, as of time of recording. Do not defy us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I there's still plenty of time in this game, you know. I just want to see this going. So it won't be in the ball. That's the Sedeba, you think. And good. Ooh, Ooh, lovely ball. Nicely done, Mr. Sedeba. Very good. What a cross. Actual good play from Everton there. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I would say I'd love to see it, but yeah, I actually do love to see it this time. Because this win puts us 11 points clear officially. Thank you, lads. Anyway, uh, the group does seem is still quite... Interesting. No one has officially qualified from Group B yet. I, yeah, I said this last time, though. Mm. I'm still shocked that this group is as tight as it is. Yeah, it's very much so. Napoli, not really surprised that. He, they are objectively a good team, tactically-wise. They're doing quite bad in the Serie A, though. They're actually a mid-table side at the minute. Um, but that's just down to them, their team being in the shitter over, like, their man, their owner just being a shithouse, you know? Um, but Salzburg, like, are... They could still qualify from this group. And the concerning thing is, mathematically, they could knock us out of the Champions League. You know, it's still all to play for. So, you've got them, you've got Napoli, and again, the Champions League holders could be out in the Europa League. That'd be, that's weird. Yeah, you know? It could be uh, shocking. It could be tricky, all right. Oh, oh shit. Oh. Perez and Lee in there. That's the day we came up again there. Oh. He's not happy. No, that's not, that's not on, Mr. Perez. Nobody messes with uh, small arms Pickford. <laughs> um, so, another uh, intriguing group, although it's um, far less intriguing now that Barca have beaten Dortmund 3-1. They have officially qualified for the Champions League and they will be top seeds as well. But it is all the play for between Inter and uh, Dortmund because they beat uh, Slavia by the same scoreline. 
uh, Lukaku getting a goal again. Lautaro Martinez seems to be the the one player that's that's um, enjoying life on the Conte. I think he scored like six goals in the last four, something crazy like that. Nice. Yeah, something like that. Um, I think Inter and Dortmund are playing each other in the last match day, and basically the winner of that goes through to the playoff, pretty much. And I reckon none of this is familiar to me. Like I literally, like some weeks, yeah. There's at least three or four things that comes through to me. I'm like, mm. oh yeah, that makes it true into my conscience. None of this. None of this is it's all it, brand new. Yeah, it's good though. That's that's it's healthy. Like you know, we need to it's keep it up to date. No, it's, not. <laughs> <laughs> it's useless information that's now stored in your brain. Yeah, you know, taking up RAM. Yeah, I like to think like in two weeks' time, you are actively going to go out and see what happened in Group F of the Champions League yeah, yeah. just for the show. Like, yeah, but you're not. Are you? No, you're not no, forget no, it, no, no. no. Wishful thinking. Um, is there even a Group F? Yeah, I was just talking about Group oh, F. Oops. Group G then, moving swiftly Whoa. on, um, was a 2-0 win for Zenit against Lyon and a 2-all draw between Benfica and Red Ross. Vit <gasps> uh, hit Leaning Green uh, Leipzig. Oh, yeah, okay. So this is fun because um, Benfica were going to win this game. Yeah. They were 2 0 up, right? And then. I, Luke... I, okay, this is the first result that's actually ringing a bell. Yes, finally. Yeah, after fucking what, like 17 games? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Lucas 8 Sport uh, Leipzig came back into it. Forsberg scored a penalty in the 90th minute. And then six minutes later, last kick of the game. Last kick of the game, yeah. He scores again mm. from open play and two all draw. And it was thanks to that um, Leipzig qualified for the uh, last 16. Their first time in the last 16, I think. Uh, and that also leaves then Benfica can't um, qualify for the Champions League anymore they're gone they're out yeah. I don't think based off goal difference they can go for the Europa, Europa League either so it's between Zenit and Leon for that but obviously they're not facing each other you see so it's, yeah, it's still on the play for it yeah. so it's another straight shootout kind of like Group F a uh, bit of a straight shootout in that one I'll probably put my money on Leon. I'd like to think but that team isn't doing great either so who knows Group H then had a 2-0 win for Ajax against Lille. Zayek and Promes goal. And that puts Ajax top of the group. Um, not technically qualified though. Because this is a very close group. And uh, the reason that is because Valencia drew Chel- with Chelsea 2 all, And this was a good game. Because I watched it myself. It's the only game I watched this weekend in the in, oh. Europe, in Champions League. Um, oh, no, you were messaging me about this. But yeah. I was not paying attention to It was messages. a good game. Um <laughs> It was again. It was a little like every Chelsea game this season has been massively open, and I think that's that's obviously the way they want to play. They want to have like just crazy games to have fun in. Um, the one thing about this though was that Valencia were just going like, "Oh, open game. Don't mind if I fucking yeah. do. We can't defend either." So it was great. You're playing to their hands, like. Um, I think Valencia or was it? Ch- I think Chelsea had a goal ruled out by VAR. I think. Uh, I know there's a VAR was in this one anyway, but uh, I can't remember which team. In any case, um. I think Carlos Soler scored a goal um, in the deep in the first half. Kovacic equalised straight away, like straight from the kick-off. Uh, and then it was pretty much one all until Pulisic got a goal in. I think that was VAR approved. And then it was just down to um, Daniel Vaz then to equalise, which was just poor goalkeeping from Kepa, really. It was just... Again, you're just really on a Kepa I don't like, run I, of hatred right now. I wouldn't even call it hatred, just like... I don't see what he's good at. I, I was kind of going to say that last season because they spent an arse load of money on him. Yeah, but like they, who else would they have? That, that is actually true, yeah. You know, but even the, even still with the with the keepers around, like I don't see him as a top-tier keeper. He just seems to be a solid middle-of-the-road, like little version of De Gea. 
you know. But even then, like at least a little version of the hay would make some good saves. Yeah. You know? He's either make a, he's either make like the saves you'd expect from a keeper, but he doesn't do anything spectacular. If you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah, that's fair. You know. Anyway, um, either way, Group H is still wide open. Ajax are currently top of ten. Valencia and, and Chelsea are both on eight points. Chelsea are expected to qualify. Um, they I don't have, think that's a given, though. No, well, they, they go up against Lille, who are the bottom side of the group, who just have not been... They're not in contention at all. Um, so they just have to beat Lille and just they're through. The basis yeah. That, yeah. Uh, Valencia would have to beat Ajax to, uh, to get to the next round. So Ajax get knocked out as well. So there's a few, like, between, like, say, like, Dortmund or Inter, Atletico, Ajax, there's a few, and maybe even Liverpool, if the results don't go our way. A few big hitters could go out in the last 16, so it's... Join us then in the Europa League. Yes. We managed to qualify out of our group. You did. Oh. <laughs> Ish. Um, I think you... No, you actually no, didn't. No, because no, we didn't Yeah, you really fucked it up, didn't you? Yeah. Speaking Frankfurt. Of, yes, Frankfurt. Eintracht Frankfurt. Yep. Which we are going to get to now. Um, yes, we'll dip into the Europa League real quick. Celtic uh, beat Ren 3-1. They've already qualified in the group. Doing fantastically, by all accounts. Uh, Rangers drew 2 all with Feyenoord great result for them means they're still in contention to qualify um, <laughs> these are the fun ones Braga 3 Wolves 3 this is a this seemed like a fun game all, all round I think um, Wolves were 3 one up at one point and then just whatever happened Braga came yeah. back at them Yeah, I like Braga hmm. Hmm. still a good group there all the same but like I say Wolves have even with that draw they've qualified so they don't really care at that point yeah. Um, what was the fun one was United beaten 2-1 to Astana in Kazakhstan yeah that was uh, they played a load of like teenagers though so like they, I don't think they were going out there to win yeah I looked at the stats for this because they their main keep their keeper on the on the day was uh, Lee Grant who's 36 and that was his first his, de- like his debut match if you like but I think the average like age of the outfield team was 21 years old yeah that's and the oldest person on the field was Jesse Lingard you know, which is uh, not really a good sign, really. You striker Jesse Lingard. Yeah. Well, he scored a goal. Actually, I think it's like, that's only his second, get, second goal like in two years. Jeez. That's um, terrible. I guess a Kazakh, a Kazakh team as well. Like. Jeez. Oh, yeah, look, but they lost. So that's at least, mm. as an Arsenal fan, at least we have someone doing so much worse than us. That's true, actually. Um Speaking of, let us let save the best to last. The game that sacked Emery. Yes. Well, we kind of we'll explain this in the P forty five crew later, but um, we, we nah, like it was agreed beforehand mm. that he was gonna go unless he did something spectacular mm. in this game, which unfortunately did not happen. No. Um, we were absolutely abject. Yeah, like we we can kind of talk about it as as a two one win, but it was very much the case like this was let Arsenal saying we're done with Emery. Because even the crowd, there was nobody at the match, which was, I Lowest think, very telling. Ever. Was it like 20,000 or something yeah. like that? That's shocking. For a, a stadium of, like, what, 55, 60,000 60, capacity? Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, no, it was hard. Like, but people were saying that they do a, a walkout, or not mm. like a walkout, but like a no-show, uh, because well, I think it was a, memory. I think it was a bit about the Frankfurt fans as well, hope, trying to get resell, resell tickets yeah. too. So were, basically people were buying tickets and sitting on them essentially. So it was a kind of like a double protest if you like. But yeah, it wasn't a... Obviously I, I didn't see the match myself, but by all accounts this was just um, the, the death knell really of the Emery side. Um, I don't know what else you could say for it. it. It's just been a typical Emery game. It's just... <laughs> It Take the so lead, lose bad. it. Yeah. So, so bad. I was on my way home from college and had that being played into my ears. I was in a fell form from college. Mm. 
and had this just like blaring sadness into me. <laughs> As if radio, you could have just switched to radio head if you wanted to, like, you know, it's going Yeah, full. and sat in the back of the yeah, bus. Yeah, back of the bus. Killed Killed Dermot Morgan. <laughs> I mean, one does often lead into the other, I find, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, it was a death knell for uh, for Emery in the end. But as you said, very much a, is a case of good riddance, maybe, in terms of the uh, Emery reign. Yeah, uh, I think um, he had not won the fans over. Mm-hmm. Um, the club were then blaming the fans for being so terrible. Yeah. And causing the team to play as... And I'm like, well, no, that's not... like Which, like, chicken and the egg... Mm. This isn't a case of because it's very much a case of the fans were so excited for the start of the season with all of the yeah. signings that were made. I think the the real the one that feels like it really hasn't worked out is Pepe. Yeah, seventy two million, yeah. and you're not even playing him. And when he does play, he's given like ten minutes or he's given fifteen minutes mm. to just, try and do. There's something. no confidence in him at all. Like he just doesn't seem to click. But at the same token, like whichever like formation Emery decides on. It doesn't suit Pepe, like you know, he's not playing to his strengths, whichever they are. You know, like if anything, like Pepe is showing what he can do in the Europa League, but that's because it's a second string side, and in a way, like he's the most prominent player on that field. But but even then, he's kind of he's been given space to run into. He's been given the role of you are going to create chances, whereas where we're playing in the league, it's mm. kind of like do not create chances because then we'll only lose the ball and score a goal, have goals scored against us. So yeah. that's like it's just. I'm hoping that with Freddie Lundberg as the interim coach, mm. that there will be a little bit more f- pa- like positive play. Perhaps a solidity, maybe? Like, I don't think that's going to be there with our defence. Mm. That's not, but I, I can't hope for that. But I hope that we can counter our terrible defence with actually using our good strikers, mm. with our good attacking players, and actually have a positive game plan going out there and then if we concede which we will mm. at least we'll have outscored them yeah exactly yeah that's my that's my say yeah I think that's fair I mean like I said the Southampton game was very much the, the kind of the, the the Emery game in a nutshell the Frankfurt game was just a kind of like double check in a way like there was nothing else to it like um that's basically it, you know, it's it's all we have for Eurovision. Yeah, yeah, Eurovision. Or is it? No! Because I have the Euro 2020 draw here. Oh, okay. No, I, I, okay yeah. So this happened yesterday and I completely mm. forgot. So I thought this would be a good time for me to, for us to look oh, at to it. To learn about it. Yes. Since so, we are a host nation. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, it actually helps us a good bit in the, in the draw itself if we get there. Um... It's a bit confusing because you most of the game most of the teams are confirmed at this stage. Yeah. They have to do this draw now because having the tournament played in like ten different cities all across Europe is, as you can imagine, a logistical nightmare. So they have to do the draw now. So whatever countries are confirmed can get the hotels booked now, and then whoever gets to the playoffs can then go and you know ho- like host an Airbnb somewhere. Yeah. Outside of the city, I guess I don't know. Or Find a just, park to camp in. Yeah, hire hire a caravan or something for the night. You know. Either way, um. So maybe some fairly interesting groups though. Uh, group A is Italy, yeah. Turkey, yeah. Wales, mm-hmm. and Switzerland. Nice. Yeah, I think that's a good group for Wales. Yeah, they they looked out there. Yeah. But yeah, that's nice. I think there's some good games in that. Mm, very much so. I think like I'd I'd obviously earmark Italy to qualify there, but Turkey's a decent team lately. They seem to have really aced the qualifying this time around, for whatever reason. So who Not knows. You might get a look at this group out of that. Group B is a is a very easy group. It's for Belgium though. They've got Belgium, Russia, 
Denmark and Finland. So if we were on the ball, we could have either got a Group A, which is handy, or yeah. Group B, which was also handy. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. yeah but the Pookie Party is in the Euros, lads. That should be excellent to watch. I really hope so, because genuinely, like this is Finland's first time qualifying for the Euros. And it is strictly because, well, obviously it's because they're doing 24 teams now, which helps. Uh, but it's strictly because Pookie's been on such good form for them. And they actually have a few other decent players. playing. A lot of them, I think, are playing in Germany, so... They're all very much the same, cut the same cloth, you know. Um, but Belgium will just murder this group. Like, they'll have these for fucking chips. Like, um, The other group, this one's interesting, though. Uh, group C is the Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria, and whoever is the winner of the playoff D, right? You know, you remember the Nations oh, yeah, League, yeah. right? This is where this kicks in. So whoever was top of their, like, groups in the, in the Nations League, right? They're now going to play in a, like, a... Four, four group tourney basically and whoever wins that goes to the Euros right so so, so the, easy and not the, convoluted at all it actually does kind of work when I when I see it down on paper it's like oh yeah this makes sense yeah, yeah. It gets, let small teams get into the Euro, yeah. Euros you know so one of these teams will get into the Euros Georgia Belarus North Macedonia or Kosovo and for me North like, Macedonia they used to be the former Yugoslavia they renamed oh, they're now officially North Macedonia yeah. really yeah yeah have you not watched Eurovision Clearly not. No, it's, no. Wow, Philistine here. <laughs> so someone doesn't know their former Baltic states. Wow, holy shit. There's a North Macedonia. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the one thing about that name. It's like, there's, where's the South Macedonia? Yeah. <laughs> Any case, um, I can see Kosovo should get this and they'll probably get into the Euros because they're actually a pretty decent team. Yeah. They've got like former like... Um, basically Jackery, had, didn't he? Is he still there? Uh, which one? Jackery. Shakiri, yeah, he would be eligible for Kosovo, but he plays for Switzerland. Uh, you think the Yanazai? Yanazai, Yanazai, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And they have a few other players from like the kind of poaching like different countries based off the their heritage. Yeah, yeah. And they've always uh, all the teams that are going. Like, like they've got Jaka, don't they? Jaka will qualify, yeah. yeah. But uh, a man, his brother, Xhaka. his brother plays for Albania. And oh, he doesn't God, want to play yeah. for Kosovo, so yeah, it's yeah. kind of confusing. But yeah. you get the idea. Um, they actually had a very good game against England. I think they won like they lost five two or something, but like really put the willies up England. Oh like. yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, group D then. Speaking of England, they're in a tough group: Croatia and the Czech Republic. Oh. And whoever plays, whoever comes out of this playoff C, which is either Norway, Serbia, Scotland, or Israel. Oh, go on the Scots. Oh, you'd love it, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, the Scotland team are doing really shit, but yeah, they this is a good chance for them to qualify because they did like do really well in the Nations League. Uh, I'd say Serbia will, will probably win that playoff. They seem like the strongest team. Um, basically based off Mitrovic and Matic and all them. Uh, group E then. This is our important group. Yeah, so, I know this. Yes, we can. We could get Spain, Sweden and Poland. Which we do not stand a fucking chance, by nope. the way. No, no, no. <laughs> we really don't. Um, nor do we stand a, a chance in the playoff, which is uh, Bosnia, Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. And, Slo- and Slovakia. Yeah. So, if we can beat Slovakia... We have a choice of either Bosnia or Northern Ireland for the final. And I would totally put my money on Northern Ireland to win that. <laughs> Will Griggs on fire. <clears throat> Fucking the whole team's on fire. Like, it's insane. The to- that, like, their whole team has, like, half the resources we have and they play twice as better. It's not even funny at this stage, you know. That shows you the difference of a good coach, I guess. And a good FA. The final group, then, is a the group of death. Oh. Yes. Uh, group F is Portugal. Yes. France. Yeah. Germany. Oh, and what a group. And whoever the playoff and, A and is. And other. Yes. <laughs> the other, in this case, is either Iceland. Right. Bulgaria. Oh. 
Hungary okay. or Romania? That has to be Iceland. Actually, I think it's going to be Hungary. The reason I say that is because they have a lot of... They have a good few young players coming through that are like real pure like footballers and they're the ones driving the team. The lot of them are kind of playing like in Germany. You know, the one that comes to mind is uh, Balash Dujak, I think his name is. I think he plays for Schalke and he's just a... He's like a proper like... De Bruyne like player, but he plays on the on the right midfield. Okay. And he's been kind of driving that hungry team forwards, you know. Um that is a tough group actually because I reckon even from the outlook, I'd say that Germany could get knocked out of that. They're not that, yeah. they have lost a lot of their mojo in the since the World Cup, like. So it's a tough one for them. Have you um <clears throat> how do you like those groups? Yeah, the, the, I'm looking forward to it. Like as a as a host nation, it's going to be kind of cool to have it here. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of looking forward to. Yeah. Like, I can see kind of posters up around my house, kind of like, around mm. here and stuff. And I was like, oh, that actually would be class yeah. for me, wouldn't it? I think we get a last the last 16. So I think, I'm not sure which way it works, but we think we get a last 16 of like ENF. So we could get something like Spain, France, yeah. or Spain, Portugal, game, which we really get game, yeah. And um, I think their tickets are already gone, aren't they? Are they sold out or are they still selling? Uh, like like that I think they open up section by section oh okay so yeah, yeah. some sections are sold out yeah. I don't think the whole thing is no that's a shame I think we get two group stages as well don't we um, I saw there was three matches mm. down for us yeah I think so, so yeah but yeah. we have the same as Baku because they've done this weird ranking system so Ireland and Azerbaijan together at last <laughs> uh, that's not Europe if, that, if, that's, if that, that's the EU vision I don't know what is um, so let's move on quickly with the show let's move on to our stat attack think so it's a one-man class again so let's yeah. hope so uh again if you're not familiar with the show i have poached five stats from all the uh, banter websites you're now on twitter and i'm going to quiz my colleagues on it <coughs> thanks neil if i get it wrong i yeah. kneel yeah exactly yeah, yeah i think that's fair yeah, yeah if i play you know, I, I could play against myself and mm. just be neil and lose well, to be fair though, if we are going to run stats on a stat attack he'll just get on like zero so you've already won. Yes. Actually, no. Once you get one right, you've won. Okay, let's or do this. Otherwise, you're done. Me. All right. Freddie Jungberg takes over the Arsenal side on an interim basis this weekend. He becomes the first Swedish coach to manage a Premier League side since 2006. Who was the last one? Oh. Um, I love this question because... Sven Goran Eriksson. Yeah, is the right answer. Yes! Um, he was the uh, Man City coach. Ooh, yes. speaking of, Man United have just equalised against Villa. Right. all. I love that we're doing these live scores when this podcast is going out two days late. I love to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was hoping to kind of be a trick question because Henrik Larsson was coaching, but he's coaching a Celtic for a spell. Ah, so um, I was hoping to catch you out with that. No, you didn't. No, you I did not. get up very... Late in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I know you fucked that phrase up. Um, question number two, then. So, congratulations, you've already beaten Neil. Yeah. Take that. This is what you, you get. For, this is what you get for missing out. Yeah, rat bastard. <laughs> oh, poor man. Um, Belgium were one of two national teams to qualify for the Euros with a one hundred percent record in their group. Okay. Who was the other? Oh, okay. I don't know this. 
but I'm going to guess Netherlands. A good guess. It's wrong. Okay. It's Italy. Okay. Yeah, Italy has seven wins, six wins out of win, uh, six, and I think scored an average of three goals per game. They're pretty yeah, fucking decent on, in the group. They're on fleek. They're on. They're in the same group as Finland, I think. So yeah. Finland qualified in second. Okay. So they were pretty much. It was an easy group, in fairness. Question number three, then. Roberto Firmino uh, has made 11 assists in the Champions League since the 2017-18 season. The highest number in that time. But he shares that record with another player. Who is it? Oh. It has to be an odd one that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Mm. Or you wouldn't have put this in. Okay. Or you would have put it in because it's Firmino and you're thinking about Liverpool. Um, this is like of all time. Uh, since the seventeen eighteen season, so in the last three Champions Leagues, eleven assists, and it's the highest by far compared to the rest of the field. Like Messi. It's a you wanna go for Messi? Yeah. It is a good guess, but unfortunately, I was asking for the Yorkshire Messi, James Milner. Oh my God. Miller, last season, I think the Champions League winning season, actually no, the Champions League season before then, yeah. he had registered seven assists in that season and was way ahead over everyone else. I think the Messi was like second best with like four. Right, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Was not expecting that. I know. That, it, that has shocked me. Isn't that a good stat? Yeah, good. good uh, one all so far, but you're still winning. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good start. Yeah. Okay, this one you might know. How many captains did Unai Emery name during his tenure as Arsenal manager? Okay, now is this... Captains or team captains or... Captains, captains for, like, the team sheet. Like, who's the captain on the field? Oh, that's got to be skyrocketing mm. Um, Koscielny, Shaka, Ozil, um, Aubameyang, mm-hmm. Lacazette, Bellerin, Holding... Mm-hmm. And you're wondering why there's no consistency. <laughs> uh, Ramsey, I'm sure, has been captain. Y- yes. Um, he's probably made Mustafi a captain at some stage. Yeah. Um, who else would he have put in there? Torreira. I'm going to say 11. 11. Ooh. I'm afraid it's too high. The answer was 9. Oh. I, I think you, in. yeah, you one. added in one. I think you added in. You actually write all the way up until Mustafi. I think. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I think you had eight, eight of the nine captains. I think you could be right with Torreira, um, but Mustafi was almost certainly not a captain, as okay. far as I remember. Okay. I could be wrong now, but as far as I know. Anyway, last question. Still winning. Oh, I'm so close at that one. Yes. Which Englishman has matched David Beckham's goal tally in Serie A? Smalling. Is the correct answer. Yes. He scored two goals in two games since we've last joined you. And again, if that's not evidence enough that Serie A is fucked, Chris Smalling is doing really well at Roma and might get a permanent deal. They actually want to keep him. They actually want to give him a new home. Football is broken. Um, speaking of broken, it's time for VAR Wars. Pew, pew. Yeah. 
complete uh, sheet at the moment because we have a few games kicking off at the moment. But I will tell you everything that happened last week at least. So, first minus one on my list is Crystal Palace. Mm -hmm. They had a goal disallowed by VAR. Um, that was a Tompkins goal. Um, IU fell in Lovren even though it had nothing to do with the game. Which is uh, you know yeah. good for us I guess. Uh, Sheffield United had a goal given. That was the Oliver McBurney. Um, actually, this is the first week that uh, VAR has given more than it's taken away. Would you believe? Um, so Sheffield United had the uh, goal given for McBurney. That was double checking for handball. Yeah. It was given. Uh, so Hampton had a penalty given uh, by VAR, which is VAR approved. Uh, Burnley also got a goal given. I think that was a. Uh, I think that was a goal approved by VAR. It was just checking for offside. And the other one I don't have on my list here, which is a zero, uh, it was Leicester. They had the penalty given by VAR yeah. and then the goal given away for encroachments. Yeah. And I count that as a minus one because it was Madison encroaching. Um, so that's reason being because it's going to be points for Arsenal in the next in this round. Yeah, yeah. So just to double, double check there. It's a bit iffy on my rules. but uh, Match day four then, not a complete list at the minute, uh, obviously, but Palace have um, got another one disallowed. I think that was for offside on IU. That was the first goal of the game against Burnley. And the other minus one on my list so far is West Ham. Their first ever VAR decision uh, gone against them. Aww. Their um, goal was uh, disallowed for offside. I think that was the, um, the Michael Antonio one from last week. Yeah, yeah. I put it in the wrong first. week. Yeah. Uh, so that was ruled out. And I believe I'll have to... I'll probably tell this about this in two weeks. But I believe I'm going to give a plus two to Arsenal because of the penalties. So the penalty was VAR approved, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. And then the encroachment was for the Norwich players. Yeah, so that penalty the Norwich was Aaron's. Yeah, yeah, so that would be a plus two to Arsenal. Cool. Um, not sure if there's any... I don't think there's any VAR shenanigans so far in the other games. But again, I will double um, check that. <coughs> Everton have been denied a penalty. No. Leicester, Leicester was denied a penalty. Denied a penalty. Yeah, but I, I don't think it was a penalty. So. No. I don't count that as part of the scoring. It has to be actually VAR approved or VAR denied. That's the only so, action yeah. that's been on VAR's point. Indeed. So, in that case then... Um, we have one very much standout winner of our war still, which is Manchester United. Three points. Palace were two, but had that completely wiped out in the last two weeks because, again, it's far wars and it just balances out at the end of the day. Newcastle and Watford and now Arsenal, we're going by my scoring, will be all on one point. They are the ones to benefit from VAR so far. Okay. Uh, and if you like, if you like, if you want to know who's winning VAR wars, I guess, if you want to say like the one that hasn't been bothered by it, it's Norwich. Norwich have had no points given to them once, one way or the other. No interference from VAR at all. And they they, they could probably look at it that they had VAR interact with mm. them now conceding the penalty and then... The encroachment, yeah. yeah. But like I said, I, I, with the encroachment at least, I would kind of count that as a penalty, as a point for the opposing team. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so um, that's, it's just Norwich my score. fans out there might disagree with your table. I, I think so. They but could be hard done by. But no, I agree. Yeah, well, to be fair, the best way to win a VAR Wars is to not play VAR Wars yeah. in the end. Pew, uh, pew. Pew, pew, indeed. There's still three teams bottom of the table in that sense, which is Brighton, Liverpool and Wolves all on minus two. And a couple of clutch of player teams on minus one that you don't really care about in the end. No. So we'll leave that there. Moving on then, we have a bumper edition of the P45 crew. So, 
I think I said last time that Nor- that November is the sacking month, and yep. holy shit, I wasn't wrong because I have a full page here of, Nor- of November Christ. sackings. So, shop in, lads. We have seven to talk about today. So, November 11th was the first one. Yep. Neil Warnock, Cardiff City, they mutually agreed to terminate their contract, run of one win in six games. Last result was a 1 0 loss to Bristol City. Yeah, yeah, you'd want to go after that. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, that actually is uh, Bristol's second kill of the season. Oh, so they do have a P45 crew in Their share with Tranmere Rovers at the moment mm-hmm. and one other club I'll be mentioning in a few minutes. Ooh. Three seconds in League Two, which was Carlisle United sacking Stephen Presley after 10 months in charge. They lost 3-1 to Morecambe in the boring EFL trophy. Um, November 14th, Carl Fletcher, straight out of the Harchester United, was sacked by Leighton Orient. After 29 days in charge, oh. right, he took over from the interim boss. Um, it's actually kind of sad about Leighton Orient, I won't go into it. Um, but his last game was a 1-0 loss, to get this, in the FA Cup against Ithmian League Division 1 Northside, Malden and Tiptree. Jesus Christ. They're in the 8th uh, tier of English football. So they lost to basically, if it's like if the Premier League team lost to someone in League 2, basically. Yeah, that's Same equivalent. Yeah. yeah, so they get a kill. Yeah, well done them. <laughs> well done them. Giant Slayers. Exactly. Um, Grimsey Town sacked their manager. Um, their last game was against Newport County. It was a draw in the FA Cup. So that's a kill to them. And now the big ones. Premier League ones. Tottenham sacked Maurizio Pochettino after five and a half years in charge. Sensation replaced by Jose Mourinho. His last game in charge was 10 days after this. Uh, it was a one-all draw with Sheffield United. So Ooh, they get the Sheffield kill. Sheffield gets the kill. Yep. Then 10 days later from that, good evening. Good evening. Unai Emery was sacked by Arsenal after home defeat against Eintracht Frankfurt in the Europa League. But we are going to give the point to Southampton. But the way the rules are working is we're going to just deal with like domestic teams because it just gets really confusing with the European teams and they don't get the points in after really. And if, we're, if the story is to be believed, the Southampton game was the final. Was the, was the, the kill the really, yeah. But uh, they just didn't announce it until after. The Eintracht yeah. game, yeah. So in so Southampton will get the kill for that yeah. two home yeah. draw, and then just this weekend, just yesterday in fact, um, Kike Flores this morning was sacked by Watford. Couldn't improve the game. He only had six games to work with. Apparently, it's a rule in Watford if you don't work after eight games, you're gone. Oh. So yeah, it's a, it's apparently it's a rule there. So he's had eight games, didn't work out. He's been sacked. No word yet who's replacing. A lot of names in the in the pipeline, but. By the time this comes out, there probably will yeah, be someone announced. There probably will be someone announced. Will we just like throw names out and I can edit them in? Or... Oh, yeah. I'm going to say. I think Big Sam's going to do great there, you know. I think he's a right man for the job. I think Emery stepped away from Arsenal at the right time. Yeah, um, I think I, I think Alan Pardew is really the man to take Watford forward, you know. Definitely. I think Kiki Farris deserves his third chance. I think so, yeah. I think he's earned it, you know. I think definitely Chris Hughton is the man to take him forward. Yeah. I would just. We just. Big Sam, you yeah, know. we're just. Big. So, his, in post. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the 2-1 loss then was uh, to Southampton was their last game in charge oh, so so Southampton Southampton Bristol City and Tranmere Rovers are all the P45 crew as a stance Southampton two in a, uh, like two, two in a row yeah like they have been the most clinical if you like oh, yeah. so maybe we can count them as a bit of the the sniper crew sniper yeah maybe yeah maybe different types of shooter here um, so that's a P45 crew. Hopefully there's not many sackings over Christmas because that would be quite sad. Yeah. Although, to be fair, well, Pellegrini, Silva, Hasenhutl, there's a few there's on the chopping block. There's a few on the yeah. chopping board, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, maybe even Pep, who knows? Like He's Ooh, probably going to be yeah. too. So, we move on then to our Hand of Cod. 
This fella Ronaldo is a cop. I don't care what he goes. I thought he, yeah. he was fucking dreadful. Lord Liddy, he's a guy who ran away and left his wife for a young one. A uh, fairly quick one this week with yeah. only two of us. We can't really vote for a winner because we're each going to vote for. I think we'll just winner. give out about them yeah. maybe, and we'll just leave it to a draw. Well, I'll start first then. Please and do. And I will say Mark Sampson, who has previously been mentioned on our cut of the week, as far as I know, whether yes. it's in this iteration of our podcast or in our previous iteration. No, we we mentioned him when he was at when he's taken this when he was announced as a Stevenish, Stevenish boss and then it came up about his like his racism allegations and basically the club dismissed him. Yeah. Um, I think it was related to like, I think it was an, there was some sort of like thing that happened on the touchline when he was with the coaching staff and it came, it came up again when he took the job. And now since then, he's actually been charged with Yeah, so there had been a, an in-club inquiry into his racism and mm. they said... Okay, our findings don't find anything conclusive. Mm-hmm. The FA then got involved and did their own investigation, and then said, mm, "Actually, yes, he's quite racist." This is the problem because Stephen Borough were happy to just go. No, he's fine. Yeah. We're happy to take him. That that says more about the club more than anything else, really. Um, but I he's had these accusations thrown at him before. The whole when he was England mm. women's coach, he had any Aluko have a big expose I suppose on his uh, comments made about black players yeah um, which cost Eni Aluko I think her place on the England team very much her position and as well as that Ian Sanderson who stood up for her friend and you know also kind of got the cold shoulder from the coach Mm. Um, and people like I I know people but people within the women's football community and who would know of Mark Sampson when he was offered a job after being sanctioned by the FA Sanctioned in terms of there was a an inquiry, a pending inquiry that was still going on. Kind of a payoff, mm. and you know, but they, obviously these things lingered, and then straight away someone says he said a, you know, racist comment about a player on the pitch while on the sideline. Mm. This was said to a coach, overheard by several other coaching staff, and this is where the whole report stemmed from. Yeah, and yeah, it just seems like he just hasn't even learned his lesson that. Yeah, because like I said, it's not it's it's not a case of no smoke without fire. Like there has been there's been incidents at Stevenage. This isn't about when he was at a women's coach. Yeah. It's continually happening, and as I was saying, like it looks bad on the club themselves by not actually dealing with it and happily advocating. Like I can get it. Like you give people second chances and stuff like that, but when you do have a consistent pattern of shit houseery like that, and it's not even shit houseery. It's just being an awful person, like. What can you do? Like you, you're defending the wrong people in that sense. You know, you're not. You don't deserve to to be defended in that sense in that way. And people made the comment was like, "Well, he is a great coach," and it's like, "Not to black players." He's yeah, not. exactly. Yeah. Like you can't be a good coach if you don't treat all your players equally, equally as exactly, they deserve yeah. to be. So no, I don't take that. No, I, I agree. I I don't think that that remark is fair, considering that like, as I said, he has shown himself to be a racist yeah. you know like it, there's an FA there's an FA inquiry to it like that's that's not a witch hunt that's not anything like that that is just that's not a gammon brigade kicking off or any shit like that this is fact yeah you know in the end 
Um, this one's a bit bizarre as well. It's not. It's not in the same ballpark, thankfully, um, because if we had to deal with racing one more time in this podcast, fucking hell. Um, this one's about the English football fans. Yeah. Now I know what you're gonna say. I know they're racism. They're dodgy. You know, <laughs> um, Brexit means Brexit. But this was weird. <clears throat> this happened during the interlow, and such a bizarre situation overall because after the Liverpool Man City game, tensions were still high between all the players. And uh, obviously, a lot of the England and our Liverpool and Man City players got called up the England squads. So they were about to mingle after this fucking high, like really tetchy game, where City felt very hard done by. Plus, justifiably so about the VAR calls and other shit like that. So in the I think in the canteen of the England camp, Gomez was sitting with a few of his mates, and Sterling came in and basically just like squared up to him and got really tetchy over something. He just lost a rag and basically gave him a, gave him. A, in the face right so Gomez ended up with this kind of like scar on his, on his face going at the training so they dealt with it quite well I wouldn't say they dealt with it quite quickly the management of it was Sterling was just dropped from the game yeah I think it was against Czech Republic it was a pretty much a dead rubber anyway but it was the fact like bam I, like Gareth Southgate putting his fucking David Brent hat on and going I'm going to put a foot down yeah, and yeah. deal with this because I'm middle management LinkedIn wanker that's what I am <laughs> uh, and it's just that I think they handled it wrong because then they got the wrong response then from, uh, you know, from the the fans. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they they realized, oh wait, whatever. We just um, you know, we'll we'll re- rebel against Joe Gomez. So what happened? Like then that was, that is the bit that is bizarre to me. Isn't it? Why go for the guy who was bet up? It's like, <laughs> oh, you idiot! You got bet up. Uh, like it was so weird it because it makes no sense to me. Yeah. I think it was. I think Gomez was being um, subbed on, uh, about thirty half an hour into the game, and they England booed fans him. booed him coming on, and I just couldn't understand. It's like what the. F- you are all idiots. They're all idiots. I like, like even Sterling himself is going, dude. That's whack. Like I was the one at fault. It's my fault. I and hit. And he went on Instagram and posted that this was his fault and that fans shouldn't be blaming. And him. it's been dealt with internally. Yeah. And like, look, as I said, like the fans don't have any fucking say in the matter, really. These are the same fans that booed Sterling as well, just for. Oh yeah, like these are the same people who are like who are like either defending Sterling to the to a to a fault because of who he is, or the one slating him because he's black. Yeah. So you can't win either way, like yeah. you know. So it's it's bizarre. Like I couldn't get my head around. I still can't understand it. And I think it's actually really hurt... Co- I, I can see it now since Gomez has been playing since this. It's really hurt his confidence because not even at a, even at a, a game against Napoli at home where he should be comfortable, should be able to play fine, he's just been putting in bad performances. Yeah. And it's not... And it is strictly because... It's not because he's out of shape. It's not because he's out of form. He's just low on confidence, confidence and yeah. belief. And like being booed by your own fans, that fucking hurts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, even, Jack, I should know. Yeah. Exactly, you know, but and and look how how hard it's take is it's been on Jacket to come yeah. back into the team. You can imagine the same for Gomez trying to play for England again. Just very very bizarre. Um, yeah, it's a shame really, but like those are the two things I guess that that the low hanging fruit we can do, we can talk about because yeah. we've I had think other if things. Neil was here to be uh to vote for his cod mm. the week, I think it would still be Emery. I'd say, well, to be fair, now I think you would have given Daniel Levy a bit of a a talk or two about it, you know. Mm. Because I still think he'd go for Emery. I, I'd say he would do, in yeah. fairness. In fairness. So, um, we're slightly out of time here, but I have two quick sections. Okay. Quick questions. First one is a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to go forward to this week is a Spurs related question Ugh. will Josie Mourinho win anything at Tottenham so a lot of it, a lot of it is being made about how Pochettino no. has done. No, he's not. Interesting. He's not because you still need a good squad to win stuff, and I don't think he has the squad. He might have a Jose Mourinho type squad, but I don't think mm. everyone's going to like that title. And I don't. I think it's going to become very clear that the squad don't have it in them. They mm. are Spurs. They don't have it in them to win trophies. Yeah, this is the this is the what I'm trying to kind of decide for myself because we know how Jose teams work out at this stage. you got three years in the sun and then shit's going to happen yeah. in the third year. So, in a way, like he has a very small window to work with because he's not going to get any money in January to spend on players. He has to work with what he has and as you can see... That's like, what he hates. That's what he hates, yeah. So, he can't get the players that he wants he will only have like a small window to do what he wants to. So essentially 2020, 2021 is when he has to win something. Premier League, FA Cup, League Cup, fucking Milk Cup at this stage. Just anything. Yeah. Right? I think he can do it. But the thing is, you'd have to put all your eggs into the one basket. Like if they prioritise for, let's say, the FA Cup this season, they could win an FA Cup. Yeah. But that's because the FA Cup is such an afterthought to other teams yeah. at that point of the season. That's true. Like, Everyone's happy to go for the League Cup because it's early and it's done. It's your mandatory cup for the year. The FA Cup is too late in the season for them. You know what I mean? So they're, so whoever like is just basically not winning that season, go for the FA Cup, get something out of it, you know? Yeah. But how many other teams like you know, like Arsenal's gonna prioritize the FA Cup, aren't they? Like they're not they're not in the league in the show for the league or top no. four. United are gonna do that as well. So there's a lot of teams that are gonna be vying for the same cup. That's what I'm kinda of wondering. I think he could win something next season if he gets to the players he wants. Yeah. If they overhaul the squad to his image, maybe. But at the same token though, how are you going to overhaul a squad for someone who you're only really going to have a season with? You know, you're still going to have to think long term and go, who am I going to get after Jose? You know, tricky. Yeah, and I don't know if he's going to get all the squad to work with him that he does have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, like it's, it's all, it all looks like kind of rosy now, but as I said, They've He's already had three easy games to settle in, so it's not. It's always going to look. And they're making hard work of them at the moment. Yeah. So yeah, very well. So our verdict is yes and a no. Yeah. It seems. Um, let's see what happens now because it's time to delve into uh, the crystal football. Any urgent or any uh, excuse to uh, play the Crystal Maze team here, yes. to be honest. So, been a while, it's been a while since we've done this, but it's a simple fact. We just have to predict something we think is going to happen. Yeah. So, I'm going to ask uh, all of us here, because I actually have an answer from Neil on this one. Oh. Who should be the next Arsenal manager? I should be. Ah, oh, bring back Wenger. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say... I actually don't know who should be the new manager. And I don't think I'm qualified to say who mm. should be the new manager because I don't know who can fix this. If you're looking at, if you're looking at, let's say, obviously, depending on, let's assume that Jumberg has it for the season. Yeah. Next season, there's going to be an awful melee for managers next season. Because can, I can see the likes of Tuchel on the market, uh, Ancelotti on the market. There's a lot of big names that could be floating around. 
is anyone if if you had uh, the ideal manager to bring Arsenal forward to to mould Arsenal in their image, or perhaps even like get a, a manager that suits Arsenal, is there any? If, that's you, if you're thinking about someone who can do it in the image and who suits Arsenal, Arteta. Mm-hmm. Like if he's working under Pep, and he is aware of how Arsenal should be playing and aware of the history of the club he was captain mm. of the club he may not be a club legend or he mightn't have been there for an entirety of his career like some other people Yeah. but I suppose he's got some Arsenal heritage there that would help him feel enough passion for the club to help us do well that's what I'm kind of curious is that the way to, to work with Arsenal is to basically go do what Chelsea did and to to bring in a, for a club legend to get that Chelsea identity back if you like in the same way that United are kind of this is the double edged sword because it's working for Chelsea because they've got the young players to do it and they've yeah. got the right players it's not to working it. for United because Solskjaer doesn't know what he's doing I did that too, and I don't think they have the natural talent there. Like, yeah. like I've seen their young players; they don't well me as they do the Chelsea players, and in some cases the Arsenal players. And the Arsenal players is kind of like a mixed bag. I like Martinelli, and I like Saka, but I'm not a fan of Willock, for yeah. example. So it's a mixed bag. You know, they could be turned into good squad players, but that's all they could be. You know, squad players. This is the thing. Um, so if you're so you go for, ideally you'd what you'd want Mikel Arteta. If, if he's as answer. good as my imagination plays him up to be, yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, I'll give Neil's answer here. Um, first off, he goes, I mentioned saying he doesn't think that um, they'll make an appointment until the end of the summer, which I think is a, is a fair assessment. Yeah. I think the summer there's going to be a massive market, so I, I'd say that's the case. Um, I kind of threw a few names out there, and he basically said, Pochettino, definitely not. Yeah. Um, he openly said he'd rather quit football than manager Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, Neil's pick is Eric Ten Hag, the oh, okay. Ajax yeah. main coach. He'd love him. Now, the problem with that is I can't see a Ten Hag taking the Ajax job because for, there's something in the back of my head that's telling me he's taken either Bayern or Dortmund. Because I think that type of club, that type of infrastructure suits Ten Hag more of developing players and bringing them through a system. Like Dortmund have that infrastructure. So that would be a, a complete, like a straight swap for Ten Hag to go, oh, this is pretty much the same club I've been coaching. I'll just do the exact same thing I've been doing at Ajax. Yeah. Bring players through. Here's the controversial one, right? All right. The best manager you could get right now that should you should get is Pochettino. Uh, no, couldn't do it. I know. Couldn't but that it. is the right manager for you at the moment to do the exact same job. The job that you've been looking for, he's been doing a Spurs the last five years. He's brought players through organically, all young players from the from the youth academy, made them with the first team players and made and molded them in his image. And not only that, but he keeps bringing pathways for young players to go through. Do you look at the young play, like the players at Spurs now, like Troy Parrott, Irish international? He's not going to get to get a shout at Jose. Same thing with like Harry Winks. He's probably going to be struggling for games and mm-hmm. all these other players. That well is dried up now for Spurs, granted, but there is a well at Arsenal that Pochettino could tap into. You do need someone with a youth system with a youth system in mind, but you also need someone who's tactically astute and has a way of playing. Pochettino is that man. The other player, the other person I have in mind, Arteta is a good shout because at least then he is he is part of the Arsenal DNA. He knows how to play Wenger style. Yeah, is Wenger style what you need though? Is the question. I know he plays. He's with Guardiola as well. That would be great to have a kind of a, a mix of the two. You know, Rogers. Yeah, Brendan Rodgers, I think. Before, yeah. yeah, Brendan Rodgers, I think is the is the, is the person you should be going for in the summer because, um, he has shown he can make a balanced squad out of a Leicester side who was very kind of like soft core on the pool. 
he's turned into, into killers. I know they're, they're losing at the moment to Everton. That's probably a bad example. But in a vacuum, that team is solid. Yeah. He's made a solid team. I think he can make a solid team out of Arsenal. But just putting his foot down and saying, like, we're going to play this way, with this formation, with these players. And then every year or two just keeps bringing in fresh crop, you know? Yeah, I agree. He could do very well. And I'd kind of forgotten because I don't think he's going to leave Leicester in the form that they're in now. Probably not with Champions League football nope. on the way. So. But then again, money could entice the boy. Maybe, but sure, mm. Arsenal aren't known for splashing their money. Says the club that spent £72 million on Pepe. Yep. Well, we're not known for it. <laughs> it's not like he's at all. It's, no. it's very it's conduct unbecoming of Arsenal. Um, so, guys, okay. that is our Liquor Football podcast. Sorry if it was a bit of a rush, but uh, we have things to do. We'll I am ta- hungry. We are all hungry. So, we'll talk to you in two weeks' time, which we'll hopefully have Neil back if he's survived the attack of the Wild Dogs. Um, and we'll talk further on about their, all of our fun and games. It'll actually be our Christmas special. Yeah, Christmas, yeah. Yeah, so how about that? We'll actually have three match days to talk about, actually. Ooh, so, exciting. Including a Merseyside derby in that, and a Man United derby, too. Yeah. So, Look forward to that, guys. Yes, yeah, stay tuned for that. Until then, I have been... Bye! That was really unnecessary. Uh, that I've been Jonathan. That's been Rachel. We'll see you soon, because that was Liquid Football. Apart from the time that Rachel spoke on the mic. That wasn't nice. Ah! <laughs> I have to edit that out now. For fuck's sake. So, so unprofessional. <laughs>